welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. Today, I actually had a viewer request the topic for this week's podcast. Um, He wanted to know, when do I use four high, when do I use four low, that sort of thing. I've probably been to an off-road park 30, 40 times in my life, so I'm fairly experienced, but I'm not like a professional off-roader. So I'm going to give you kind of my feedback on it. There's some pretty uh, commonly understood stuff that I think is helpful for newbies and folks that maybe haven't had to use four-wheel drive or or been overlanding before. So again, I just want to touch on the basics of kind of two-wheel drive, four high, four low. When do you use them? What sort of situations? What sort of terrain do you use them? Um, So kind of the basics of that. So if that's something you're interested in, if that's something you want to learn more about, stay tuned. All Things Overlanding is brought to you by some fantastic companies. You should definitely check out the description and click through their links to see all the awesome stuff they offer. Companies like Red Arc for all your overlanding power management needs. Last US Bag, tons of amazing quality overlanding bags. Rugged Bound Supply Company, rooftop tents, awnings, roof racks, and more. The Moore Expo 2022. Get your tickets below. And Northology Overland, guided overlanding trips and a free overlanding magazine. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, guys. So as I mentioned today, I'm going to be talking per viewer request. So thank you very much to the viewer for making this request, if he's listening, um, which hopefully he is because I'm doing this for him, right? But if he's not, that's okay too. Hopefully it'll help somebody else. Um, today I'm going to be talking a little bit about when to use basically your transfer case. When do you transfer from two-wheel drive to four-high? When do you transfer from four-high to four-low? What are the situations when you'd want to use those? Um, you know, one of the interesting things that I'm just going to kind of preface this whole episode with this is you got to keep in mind that there is a difference between overlanding and off-roading, right? Like there are people that are wheelers that are that are big into off-roading that are looking to just kind of go crazy and, and you know, beat up on some obstacles and smash their trucks over rocks. In overlanding, that's kind of the opposite of the intention. Not to say you can't have fun and you can't go off-roading and stuff like that. That is a lot of the fun is, you know, kind of hitting trails and, and kind of exploring and that sort of thing. But The intention is to get yourself to a remote location safely, right, without damaging your vehicle so that then you can get back out of there. You can be self-reliant. So the the tips that I'm going to give about this are kind of when to use them in which situations, but with an emphasis on safety and sort of uh, not necessarily trying to hit the most crazy obstacles that you can possibly find, right? So tread lightly, a.k.a. So let's start with two-wheel drive. Most of my trips, most of the time, I'm in two-wheel drive, believe it or not. Um, Obviously, you know, where I am in the Midwest, there's just not a lot of stuff to hit that is off-road, you know, like terrain. It's just not, there's not a lot of stuff that will get you to a place where you would even need to use four-wheel drive. So um, I'm in two-wheel drive 95% of the trip, most of the time. 
For example, a few weeks ago, I went up to Wisconsin. It was awesome. There was snow on the ground. We hit up some really snowy, icy trails. Um, that gave me a bunch of different things to you know, use for high four or use for low four. But the whole way up on the highway, I was in two-wheel drive. When we hit the, uh, even though it was icy, we sort of hit these, these forest roads. It was fairly icy out there. I was in two-wheel drive for most of the time. Once I started to experience some loss of traction, I went ahead and I kicked it into four high just to be safe. But again, two-wheel drive is, is just what you're going to use most of the time. If you're on gravel roads, if you're on some sort of, you know, washed out, uh, you know, backcountry roads, forest service roads, and it's summertime, there's no snow on it, it's not been raining, it's not muddy, you're not going through any pits or anything like that, you're probably going to be in two-wheel drive. Um, just because why put the wear and tear on your four-wheel drive system if you don't need it, right? Like you wouldn't want to drive on the highway at 60 miles an hour with your four-wheel drive on because you're just wearing all those components more than you need to. You don't need the traction, don't use the traction is kind of how I look at it. So that's kind of two-wheel drive, right? Two-wheel drive is your basic, normal driving situations, dry stuff, highway driving, getting to a destination. Um, be very careful that you pay attention. If you're new to using four-wheel drive, in most cases, unless you're in some sort of like an all-wheel drive vehicle, like a Subaru or something where it's just kind of always on, um, you're going to have to turn it off. So if you go into four high or four low at some point, you're going to have to turn that off. So don't forget to do that and then drive home 10 hours going 80 miles an hour with your four-wheel driving gauge. You could damage some of your components, right? Um, so that's a tip, <laughs> a big tip that's pretty important. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But so then when would you use 4-high, right? 4-high um, is kind of the next step. So, you know, like I mentioned, we when we were in Wisconsin, we were on roads, roads, roads. It was a little slippery. It was a little wet. It was raining a little bit, but it was still concrete. It was There was no reason to use four-wheel drive. Once we got off onto some forest service roads, though, it got really icy. I started to experience some sort of the back end of the truck. My truck's rear-wheel drive, obviously, right? Um, the back end would start to sort of kick out a little bit. That's when I was like, you know what? 4-high. So I put it into 4-high. In the Xterras and the Frontiers, now you need to read through your owner's manual on your vehicle. They may be different. But on the Xterras and the Frontiers, uh, I can shift into four high on the fly, as they call it. So I can be driving down the road. I think you have to be 50 miles per hour or less. Again, consult your manual just to make sure. But I think in the Xterras and Frontiers, as long as you're going 50 miles per hour or less, you can just turn. There's a little knob. It's an electric knob. You switch it from two-wheel drive to four high. And the cool thing about the Xterras and the Frontiers too is they will also, it works the same way going out of four-wheel drive. Um, and it will wait until like you're paused for a second, like if you stop at a stop sign or something, it kind of will detect when it's safe to switch out of four high or switch into four high for you, which is a really nice feature. Um, and you'll kind of see that because on the dash of a Frontier and an Xterra and probably on most vehicles with four-wheel drive, it has like sort of a top-down view of the truck and it will show like just the back two tires uh, darkened, right? Like showing that you're in two-wheel drive. Or when you flip it to four high, it may start to flash the front tires. And then once you kick into four high, when you actually get engaged into four-wheel drive high, then it will turn on those lights for the front and you'll see all four tires illuminated, basically, if that makes sense. Um, again, check your manual, check your vehicle, maybe slightly different, but there should be something to indicate when you go into four-wheel drive or when you come out. Um, so that's kind of how four high works. Now, when do you use it, right? Again, I use it like any sort of slippery conditions. As soon as I start to detect some sort of slip, 
I'm gonna go ahead and kick it into four high because in that situation, generally you're on like a forest service road, you're on something sandy, something potentially muddy. It just, you re would rather have the traction before you get stuck than wait till you're stuck, buried, and then put it into four high and you can't get out. Um, so as soon as you kind of get to those, those type of roads where you do need the extra traction, um, again, anything snowy, anything slippery, anything sandy, um, muddy, that's when you'd kind of want to kick it into four high. Um, now that's for like normal driving, right? So that's going down a trail, going down like a gravel road that's maybe a little slippery, going through some snow and stuff in a national forest, um, that kind of terrain. Um, generally too, when you're in four high, the nice thing about four high is you can do it at higher speed. So it doesn't change your gear ratios. It basically, it's just like two wheel drive, but with the front wheels engaged as well and spinning at the same time as the rears. Um, so like when I'm on a forest service road, if it's a little bit slippery or if it's been snowing or things like that, even if I'm going 30 miles per hour and four high, that's no problem, right? I, I just, I've got the four wheels spinning, um, but I've got a little bit of additional traction, but I can still sort of drive like normal, like I would in two wheel drive. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we've talked a little bit about two-wheel drive. We've talked a little bit about four high. Let's talk a little bit about four low and when you would use that. Um, four low is kind of your crawler gear, if you will. So basically what happens is it actually changes the gear ratios in your transmission, right? So um, what you'll notice is, especially if you've never used this before, when you go from four high, again, when you're driving in four high, it's gonna feel like normal, right? But just your front tires are spinning. You may not even be able to tell the difference between two wheel drive and four wheel drive, except you've got more traction. Um, but when you kick it into four low for the first time, like I remember the first time I put it into four low, I was like, whoa. Like, is something wrong? Like, is this how it's supposed to feel? Because it feels like a completely different vehicle. Um, again, basically what it does is it changes the gear ratios. So it, you feel like you have a much wider spread in your gears. And what I mean by that is like, when you're like at a stop and you're getting ready to go up an obstacle, uh, maybe something that's rocky and sort of off camber, you put it in four low, um, or if you're just kind of crawling down a trail, maybe that you've never been down before or something, but it's got some obstacles and things, four low is a good place to be for that. Um, you'll be giving it gas basically and you'll sort of feel it rev way it'll feel like it's revving way up and going really slow right so basically like where you would normally be maybe at like 3,000 or 4,000 rpms and four high and you'd be going you know 20 25 miles per hour i'm just making these all up but you'll to give you an idea i'm illustrating right um in four low you could be at three or four thousand rpms and maybe be doing like five miles per hour seven miles per hour or something like that you're gonna be going very slow because your gear ratios are different than they are in four high the benefit of this is a couple things. One, obviously you've got more torque, you've got more uh, usable power from your motor, from your transmission, because you are putting it to the ground in a more linear fashion. Um, you can control your wheel spin a little bit better. Um, second, it also gives you more throttle modulation, right? So like when you're crawling up over an obstacle, if you're in four high, if, you know, if you've driven a four liter, six cylinder Nissan Frontier or Xterra or something with a little bit of power, you can really easily just bump the gas a little bit and be spinning tires, which is not what you want necessarily when you're going over some obstacles or going through a muddy pit. 
that's how you get yourself buried down to the frame or sit on your frame rails and get high centered, right? Um, so you don't actually want a ton of wheel spin. You want controlled throttle modulation. So presumably when you're on these type of trails, you're also going to be aired down. So think of those tires like big paddles, right? They're going to meld to like a rock on the trail and you don't want to spin on that rock because then you're going to potentially either damage the vehicle or break something in the vehicle um, or lose traction, slide back down, not have control to crawl over that. Whereas in four low, you can give it more gas and it's just gonna climb right over that rock. It's gonna wrap around that rock and it's gonna give you more throttle control to get up that obstacle. Um, where do you wanna use four low? So again, a lot of the times, honestly, when I'm with friends and we're on trails trails, so not like gravel roads, right? Not like just like a gravel road, a national like forest, service road, um, but on like an actual trail that is, you know, a little bit more challenging that has maybe some more uh, rocky terrain or mud pits or things like that. We're probably just going to go into four low when we start that trail. Um, again, you'd rather sort of have it and not need it than not have it and have to go into it later. Now you can, if you get stuck, if you're in four high and you hit a, an obstacle that you weren't expecting, you can always shift to four low and try and rock yourself out or get yourself out. Um, but again, most of the time when we hit trails, we're just gonna go into four low right away because we're going slow. We're gonna be crawling through these trails. We don't wanna damage components, again, to that overlander mantra, right? We wanna be safe. We wanna to get to the destination we're getting to. And we don't wanna damage the trails too. That's another thing is when you're in four high and you're spinning those wheels, you know, if you see those guys in generally, no offense, Jeeps, but like big Jeeps with like 37s, 39, 43 inch tires, right? And they're wah, wah, wah. And they're just digging big ruts through the trail. That's not really our goal as overlanders, right? We wanna tread lightly. We wanna kind of, not damage the trails and just easily and safely get back to our place, our destination, our camp spot, if you will, or wherever we're trying to explore to without damaging the trails, without damaging our vehicles, right? Um, so with four low, it can protect your components. It can give you more throttle modulation, more control over it. So again, like just anytime you hit any sort of challenging trail, I would use it. Water crossings, same idea as what I just talked about, right? Like in a water crossing, you can't see to the bottom most of the time. So you can't see where rocks are and things like that, obstacles. You don't really want to be going 15, 20, 25 miles per hour through a water crossing. That's stupid. You're going to hit something. You're going to break something. You're going to smash down over top of something and damage something. You want to be going slow, but you want to have as much control over your throttle and as much torque as you possibly can. So through a water crossing, a four low makes perfect sense, right? You put in four low, you crawl through it quietly, calmly and safely, right? You get to the other side. If, you, if you're out of that, if there's no more challenging stuff, you could go back to four high. Or if you have more trail, you just stay in four low and you keep going. Another place where this is super helpful that I am a firm believer in now after my Wisconsin trip is snow. Now, combined with this, four low isn't a magic bullet, right? It's not just gonna magically make you able to climb over any obstacle. It will give you a better chance than four high or two wheel drive, but there are other things that you have to take into account like airing down your tires and on snow or sand, that's huge. When you see all those people stuck on a beach, it's because they went out there with 35 pounds of, of air in their tires and they just drove straight out onto the beach. When you see those people yanking them out with kinetic straps and stuff, those people are probably are down to 12 to 15 pounds of pressure, right? So their tires are sinking into the sand. They've got a wider contact patch. They're gripping. And in conjunction with that, you got to use the right gear ratios. You got to use, you know, in that case with a kinetic rope, you probably want it in four high with air down tires so you can get the speed to yank that person out. Now, we're not talking about recoveries necessarily on this one. I'm more just talking about when to use four high, when to use four low, right? But in snow, once you're aired down, four low will make a huge difference crawling through stuff and just kind of keeping your momentum going as you're going through really deep snow. Um, so four low is great in the snow. 
great in water crossings, great in mud, right? Like again, big mud pits, if you got something in the trail in front of you and you, it looks deep and you test it and it's, it's deep, but it seems like it has a hard bottom and it's not too deep that you don't think you can get through it, then you could go through that as long as you don't think you're going to damage anything, right? If you're on the road, um, you could go through that, but you want it in four low before you go into that because you want to be able to control and kind of climb through that and just keep your momentum up, keep your tires spinning and keep going until you're through that obstacle. We could tie lockers into this, but I'm going to kind of stay away from lockers at this point because honestly, I don't have a ton of experience with lockers. I've not been a Jeep guy. My last Xterra had open differentials. It did not have a locker in it. So my only options were four, were two-wheel drive, four high, four low. That was it. On my new truck, I do have an electronic locker that I can lock up at any point. And it has been a game changer. Like that combined with 35 inch tires on the new truck has made it a monster compared to my old Xterra. But again, I hope that that, you know, I wanted to really kind of touch on when to use the different types of four wheel drive, what types of terrain. So I hope that that's helpful for you, right? I hope that if you are getting ready to go on an overlanding trip and you're looking for sort of the basics of what terrain to use it on, what when to use this stuff, that that is helpful for you. Um, if it was, click that like button. If you're not already, make sure to click that subscribe button. Click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. I do a vlog slash podcast like this every week. And then I also generally do at least one other video on YouTube of like a gear review or a do-it-yourself mod or anything like that. Budget-minded stuff, weekend warrior type content. That's kind of what I do. Um, so if you're interested in that stuff, definitely subscribe. I'd love to have you. Also in the description below are links to Facebook, Instagram, podcast if you're watching on YouTube, YouTube if you're listening on the podcast. Um, there's a Patreon page, which is slowly growing. It's small, but it's slowly growing. We've got a Discord and stuff where we can all chat. We're trying to get some meetups together. It's going to be really exciting and fun. And then we've also got, I've got the Newbie Overlanders page. It's on Facebook, but there's a, like 2,500 people on that thing now. It's growing literally every week. I'm letting in hundreds of people, which is awesome. But just a place that you can go where people aren't going to be rude. If you're going to be rude, don't come to the group. If you're not going to be rude and you're looking to help out newbies, or if you are a newbie, definitely come join that group because it's awesome. But again, that's it for this week. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you guys very much. And uh, we will look forward to talking to you next week. Take care.